Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to The Ernest Man Show. Wherever you may be in this world. Just a quick message on how you can win a fabulous prize. After listening to an episode, simply go to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and go to the Discuss comment section below the episode. Leave a comment. That's it. It's that simple. Within a week, if a winner is chosen, you possibly could be a winner of a fabulous prize. Okay, well, it's it's not a car or a boat, but then again, you don't have to pay any taxes on it. So, what are you waiting for? You've got a good chance, and you can say anything you like. So, that's my message. Now, let's go to the show. Hi, folks. This is episode 103, Disconnection with Reality and Passing Dysfunctionality Down to Your Children. One of the things that uh, I haven't done in a while is to go into an in-depth talk about people who are, well, disconnected from reality. Now, depending on what level that is, um, yeah, you can um, quite easily uh, end up on a psych ward if you are walking around talking to yourself or doing other strange things such as that. But that's not what I'm going to talk about. This, I think, um, should be really enjoyable. So um, it may be a bit longer than planned. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, one of the things that I shy away from doing is talking to parents of friends, my old friends, um, to give them parenting advice. And the reason for that is because from my experience, usually oftentimes, even if they claim they want it or that it's welcome, well, if you're not saying what they want to hear, uh, especially about their children, uh, then all of a sudden it can turn pretty sour and it's not exactly um, ending up as um, welcoming as it initially was. So I've learned, I've, you know, I've tried in the past, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty skittish over the whole thing. But I made an exception because there, there is this person that I've known for many years. And he, his name is Bob. And he values my opinion greatly. And 
he had uh, never he never brought up these aspects of his life before and we had uh, fairly recently gotten together and i i was sort of blindsided because to say that i didn't see this coming well that's that's uh, an understatement but um I talked to my old friend and um, what the gist of it was, was that there were issues with his son, Kip. And I'm thinking, okay, um, because um, you know how this goes. I mean, again, um, you, you typically just hear the topical stuff from people you ask them superficially, you know, hey, how's how's Kip doing? Oh, he's doing great. He's in college or he's this or he's that. And but it, you know, it doesn't it doesn't go into any real depth. It just is what it is. It's like, okay, and you know, that can go on for years. And because I mean, let's face it, I think it's pretty normal for most of us is the situation where, you know, if you if you have kids and in fact everything isn't so good and everything isn't so rosy, um, you know, they might go through other means, uh, counselors, therapists, you know, uh, before talking to uh, their bestie friend or whatever, because, you know, I people just tend to be like that. That's been my experience. So, like I said, for, for that reason, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't poke where I don't think, you know, where my nose doesn't belong. And, you know, on the other hand, um, if anyone wants my advice, you know, my door is open. Um, because basically the way I operate is that um, I, I don't have quantity of friends. I have quality. I have always chosen quality over quantity. So I guess, you know, one of those people that <clears throat> in my life, you could say um, my, my really good friends can certainly be counted on, you know, both hands. Kind of thing and i mean i i'm i'm okay with that i'm i'm fine with that because like i said i'm into quality over quantity um as a matter of fact let me just uh summarize that by saying that having a lot of um superficial friends or fair weather friends or half-assed friends, as they used to call them, actually ends up being a lot more of a pain in the ass than actual friends. And if you if you have two or three very good friends that you can absolutely feel as though you can trust and you can confide in, that's that's very that's actually very good. I've got realistically for various, I have 
figure mm, somewhere between six or seven. At least at my age and stage, that's, you know, that's what it's boiled down to. <laughs> and like I said, that's, that's okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. And I'm also, you know, I'm good with making new friends, but you, the older you get, you learn so much more. So it can, it can be a process. It can be a time consuming uh, process. I think, you know, basically as the older you get uh, and the more perhaps jaded we become, uh, especially in the areas of trust, um, can be a big issue. So there's that. But I'm still sticking to my guns on this. If you have five or six very, very good, trustworthy friends, today you're ahead of the game. And that's why I was talking with Bob about his son, Kip. And um, it was... It was really fascinating because I I can't remember if it was somewhere in the neighborhood, um, I don't know, two or three months ago, a uh, broadcast that I did that sort of touched on this whole um, thing that I'm going to talk about here um, because it's, it's uh, it's very unpleasant, and it um, it's one of those deals. It's basically um, what it is. Is we when we talked about this, is that um, I quickly realized that the the notion of you know you you reap what you sow um, it definitely applies, <laughs> and. Um, I was, frankly, with everything that I was being told by Bob, you know, basically what my thing is, is this, and maybe this will help you, is without having a constant back and forth conversation, um, what I do, I guess, I don't know kind of sort of like a therapist as I sit and I shut up and I listen. And that's what I think works best. And in this case, from Bob's end, I had a lot to listen to. <laughs> and I don't know, this went on for well over an hour and uh, I was thinking, shit, this is this is this is a lot to take in. This is a this is a lot to process. So I'm telling you this so that if you should run into a similar circumstance that maybe you might want to consider trying this technique of just listening and taking the time to process things because, um, you know, oftentimes it seems to work out better that way. You're giving your 
your mind time to think in the process, and you need that. I think that uh, sometimes we can be a bit too quick on the draw and give knee-jerk reactions, and with serious things in life, um, you need to think. You need some time to consider. So this this did not happen um, all at once. Um, it wasn't uh, like he just blurted everything out, and then I sat and I blurted out my opinions, and that was it. It was it was more involved than that, but um, that's basically the way it went. I would like to add, just briefly, um, that this, this whole thing is unusual because, <laughs> for lack of a better term right now, uh, this is what I'm going to call a audience participation broadcast. Because at the very end of things, uh, Bob and I made a bet, a wager, if you will. And I'm going to fill you all in on that a bit later. So, um, yeah, the problems with Kip. Well, the dad told me that uh, the wife, who was not there at the time, um, endlessly, as though it was one of the major points that he he couldn't emphasize enough, was how much they they both care and and want to respect their son, and that you know they had worked all these years together to be, you know, best buds, best friends. And and they didn't want that to change. It meant so much to them, um, especially, uh, well, I, I guess both. I, I can't, I can't speak for the mom because I, she wasn't there, but uh, apparently it, let's just say to both of them that this was that aspect of the relationship was extremely important. So, um, but the, this is not without the problems, and it wasn't, the problem was not that, um, you know, there was heavy drug usage, because there wasn't, and it was no problems with the law, okay, good, um, and he was, he had um, completed college, and he had a, actually had a master's degree, and a master's degree in education. I'm like, wow, that that's great. And he had, I think they said he had gotten that, I don't know, like four or five years earlier or something, something like that, maybe six years. I don't, I can't remember, but he had it. And it was like, okay. And um, the thing that I noticed when I was talking about this was, that the father, he had this, 
very uh like almost squirming squirmish way of describing his problems that they're having with with Kip's life and where all this is coming from is that Kip's living with them and it's like okay because that's a different dynamic altogether and so uh yeah, after I I gotten some, you know, all this information in my head. And um bear in mind I'd known Kip like not that well, but he knew me and I remember him as, you know, as a kid. And finally, you know, the dad just says, "Hey, you why don't you talk to him and and see what you see what you think, see where his head's at and everything." And it's like, "Okay." And yeah, he's he's in the he's in the basement, you know. It's like it's where he does his thing. It's, it's like it's his place kind of. It's like okay, sure. And so I could he, I could hear as I was heading down the stairs as soon as I got to the top of the door, I could hear um what I was pretty sure was um sounds of a video game and sure enough that's what he was that's what he was doing he was playing video games and um i had already set up my mind that i was going to when i approached him um you know just you know really tight and respectful really uh topical um absolutely i did not want to to, to you know take on any sort of parental or authoritarian um, attitude at all. Um, again, it was just more or less like a, a friend that you hadn't seen in a while and you would approach them and, you know, just talk topically and how's it going and what are you doing and you're in school or, you know, that kind of thing. And that's exactly the way that I intended it to go. And actually, that's exactly the way it went. And so <clears throat> without, uh, I don't know, I guess I had talked with him for, I guess, a half hour, 40 minutes, something like that. And um, I noticed one of the very first things I did notice was that he was, he was, he was friendly, but at the same time, he was kind of detached because, um, like I said, he was playing, I noticed he was playing video games and, um, he didn't turn off the video games because, you know, my idea being that if you hadn't, if someone's particularly if they're older and you know him as a kid, you know, the more appropriate thing might be to say, Oh, hi, Ernest. How's it going? Hey, hey, hey. And, and just put the thing down or even turn it off and, you know, want to have a conversation. That's, that's more of a, I guess, an adultish kind of way of approaching that. But he didn't do that. He just kind of briefly looked at me. Oh, hi, Ernest. And he's right instantly, like right into his game. And, uh, 
I, I made a mental note of that. <laughs> and uh, we were talking, and that was the thing. It was that we were talking, but he um, he wasn't putting a whole lot of actual thought into what he was telling me or talking about, uh, apparently, because apparently the video game uh, was taking uh, more of a priority than me. And I saw that, um, you know, as immediately as like a strange kind of red flag. Um, but nothing major. It's not like I'm, you know, like I'm a shrink taking notes and, and such. Just, you know, I was just noticing that. And um, so naturally, like, you know, with most people, I'd asked, I was basically asked him what he was doing. And I, you know, I'd mentioned the thing about the master's degree and he just kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, I got that. I don't know, I got that. He's just like two or three years ago or whatever he said it was. And, and that's, you know, the master's degree in education. That's, that's, that's pretty good. And so I said, so what are you doing now? And he said, he says, you mean like work? And I said, yeah. And he's just like, oh, I'm, I'm not really, I'm kind of in between things. And he went into this, I don't know, this, this, this kind of speak that you speak so, um, ambiguously about things as it's it's as though you're you're sending what's the way of saying this you're sending a message that you really don't want to talk about it without saying that <laughs> and uh yeah so i said oh what okay and so um just you know i have to walk very carefully around this um, because I don't think what Kip was even aware of was the fact that, um, you know, in fact, his dad, it wasn't just me coming down to say hi to Kip. It was that his dad set me down to, you know, talk to Kip. And I don't, but I don't think, I don't think that that even registered with him. So, and I, uh, you know, in the course of conversation, I said, well, what are you doing? And one of the things he says, oh, you know, just I'm following. I'm happy. I'm following my dreams, doing my, you know, my passion. And I said, oh, so like, what's that? And he said, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing pantomime. And I thought about it. Mm, pantomime? <laughs> you know, it's okay. I don't okay i i don't know where there's a, a whole a big movement anymore i mean it you know of course the uh the great the the grandfather the greatest you know being marcel marceau but um i, I don't know if there's such a huge call for uh performers of pantomime <laughs> but uh he talked about how much he was in you know loving it and enjoying it and he's you know he's He's following his dreams kind of thing. I was like, okay, so, so so you're actually performing? Oh, yeah, yeah. I go every weekend. I go to Salem. And, and I say, every week he says, yeah, I love it. Every weekend I go to Salem. And uh, he was key named someplace that I can't remember. And I was like, okay. 
And so I'm thinking, all right, this guy's got a master's degree in education. And I said, hmm, he's doing pantomime, so he wants to entertain. And I'm like, huh, do they, do they have great careers? Or, hmm, I'm wondering, you know. And I said to him, this is where I went out on a, he didn't seem to mind. I mean, he, he actually, you know, was pretty oblivious. Actually, just thinking of it this moment alone, maybe it was actually a help that he was busy playing uh, video games because he maybe wasn't, that wasn't giving him much reflective time to think about my questions. <laughs> what I was getting at or, or going, uh, going to. But um, so I said, hey, um, this place, I mean, you've been doing this. And he said, yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been doing this for six months. And, and uh, I really love it, you know, and, and it, if it fulfills me and, and it's, it's my, it's my passion. And it, you know, it, and I said, what's well, that's great and everything. And I said, so, uh, I mean, is this, um, is this like a paid a paid thing or do they pay you and very casually and he's, he says no i mean they you know they uh they usually make me like a sandwich and you know i can have all the the soda i want and i thought i was like okay and i said so how how long how long do you do this he says well i get breaks and you know it depends sometimes you know it's two or three hours and then there's other performers, and he was trying to explain it's it's quite literally almost like a mini circus kind of atmosphere. And I'm like, okay, wow. And he's like, yeah. And he was really up to, upbeat about about it and everything. And uh, I said, um, oh, so um, well, it's a it's a free thing, but um, you know, at least they they do feed you. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And it's like if they've really good sandwiches. I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's good. And I said, so, um, was you thinking about, <clears throat> you know, um, uh, since you have the master's degree in education of like, I don't know, um, you know, getting a job as a teacher or anything anytime soon or, and he says, nah, just in a very cavalier way. He said, nah, and he's like, you know, he said, teachers are, basically a dime a dozen and he's like it's not really where my head space is right now and he said you know that's why i just i decided to live with my parents because my head space really isn't there and it's like you know i'm still like finding myself and um i have to be you know i have to be happy with myself and i have to be comfortable and i don't uh, i know i got the degree and everything but you know, things just really need to change for, for um, you know, uh, K through 12 teachers, which is what I'm, you know, I'm qualified for. But the entire, you know, uh, the entire situation is just, it can be um, real trouble troublesome. And of course, there's a lot of work and it's just a lot of bullshit with it. And that's not really where my head is right now. I'm really into just getting to know myself and broadening my space and my horizons. And that's why I choose to live, live here. And I was like, uh-huh. Okay. And the thing was, was that 
what uh, what I think that he was completely oblivious to was just how utterly mind blowing what he was saying was to me. And um, so um, while I was doing um, intellectual recon, <laughs> if you want to call it that, uh, I think, I decided that I had uh, gained enough info and I politely excused myself and without missing a beat or looking at me. And he said, Oh, Oh, you got to go. Oh yeah. That that's cool. Blip, 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 sound, sound, blip, blip, explosion, sound, boom. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll catch you later. Ernest clip. Boom, boom, boom. You know, it's just like, and I was, I was just, I, I don't know. It was just a tsunami of, of, of crazy, crazy for me. Um, because, you know, again, we're, we're not talking, you know, we're talking about who's a, a good kid. We're not talking about no alcohol, no drug issues. Uh, shit. I don't think he didn't. I mean, and he just, you know, just good grades and, you know, all of this and, uh, yeah. Um, not a lot of motivation there. And then when I found out some other things, I was even more stupefied because, um, well, Kip has a car that enables him to travel to Eugene, Oregon. That's a car, I don't know, a few years ago or something that um, his parents bought him. And he, um, he uses that car to go to Eugene. Um, the insurance, he is still on his parents' auto insurance, so he doesn't have to worry about that. And he has this car, and the distance from Portland to Eugene is about 110 miles, one way. That translates into quite a few miles over the course of a month for something that you're not even getting paid for. So this is where, like I said, stay tuned because it will get interesting. Um, so, yeah, so he's been doing this for, oh, at, at least six, eight months or so. Uh, nothing's changed and um, no no jobs in his field. No, nothing on the horizon, but by his choice because, well, after all, it's his choice. I mean, it's not like his parents should have any say in any of this, right? 
So you got the wear and tear on a car that basically, if you had no money, that you can't even afford any of the maintenance, tires, anything, because, you know, it's all wear and tear and it's all mileage, not to mention cost of gas, all of that. So you essentially have, you know, all the perks and benefits of a essentially a free car that's insured. I'd say that's a pretty sweet deal. Thanks, mom and dad. Um, I, I for, also forgot to mention I did when I was talking with him, did this very delicately. I, I did mention uh, if he had considered, I don't know, something like, I don't know, Walmart's, uh, hell, I, I don't know. And he, he, out of hand, he instantaneously, he kind of laughed and he dismissed that out of hand. He's like, oh God, no, I could never do that. And it's like, really, that would just, uh, that is, he said, that bullshit is just so utterly demeaning. And he said, I, I think I would, I would rather kill myself or he, he went off into something, but he, he was very dismissive and just chuckled and thought it was funny. But, um, yeah. So I just, sorry, I forgot to mention that part of it. So I'm like, Hmm. Wow. Okay. Um, so it looked like, uh, like I said, I just left and, you know, said nice seeing you and whatnot. And the place, the place wasn't, you know, it was basically that basement area was his flat. It was his space. Now it was his turf, but it didn't, it didn't look terrible or unkept or anything. It was just, you know, his turf. Um, the other thing was that on, in addition to all this oh, is the fact that Kip is 33 years old. That's not a mistake. I didn't say 23. I said 33. Now, I know that because of the, the realities, the economic realities of just how bad so many things are right now that it's not that unusual to have the kids have to live back if the parents will have them to live back at, at home again simply because economically they can't you know they can't really afford it um but there are as you can tell there are huge differences here and that is uh, when you're sitting on a master's degree and you won't utilize it because you're not liking the headspace or you're not liking this, you're not liking that. And there's a whole lot you don't like, but you want to do pantomime for free that cost you 220 miles for each day of the weekend that you do this round trip. Something is not right here. You know, something is 
What's a good saying? A few French, a few French fries short of a happy meal. <laughs> but the thing is, what you have to ask yourself is, is which is worse? Is it the crazy crazy that is coming from, uh, let's say the the kid or you know the uh, the progeny? Um, that you had um, or the enabling because in this case it takes two to tango and um, they are the parents are most definitely enabling so that is um that is the conclusion that I came up with. And I wrapped things up with, with Bob and I said, well, I'm going to think things over. And if you, anything else comes to mind, let me know. And you could stop over at my place in a couple of days and we'll talk some more. And he said, sure, fine. And um, that was basically what happened. And so I made sure uh, when Bob came over, plus, quite frankly, I, I don't know if this is a, uh, if this is a real, you know, psychological uh, thing or not, but I somehow I, I felt better that I was in my home as opposed to his when I'm about to give him my opinions or observations about the dynamic of his son. I don't know. Somehow it just seemed more comfortable, <laughs> I guess. But yeah, um, I told him that um, when he, you know, he asked me what he should do to motivate his son and that him and the wife and they They've done this and they, but they, you know, they, he's like, we do everything for him. And they said, hell, you know, sometimes he, he just forgets because he's so wrapped up in his video game. He, he forgets. He doesn't take out the trash. <laughs> and I'm um, like, yeah. And I'm like, well, um, I said, you know, I just wanted to let them know. Or let Bob know. It's like, okay, well, um, I'm treading real lightly on this because you did ask me for this opinion. You you asked for this. And so, you know, I, I want to tell you, but I said at the same, by the same token, I don't want to pussyfoot or bullshit around. I just want to tell you and I want to speak freely. But I don't want that to affect our friendship, if at all possible. But uh I just want to forewarn you that you may you really might not like what you hear. Are you prepared for that? And he, you know, I said because I like I told you I've been I've been down this road before, and 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 he he went out of his way to assure me over and over again. Yes, it's fine. I'm a big boy. I could take it. <laughs> I said okay. And so I said, well, um, 
you are basically reaping what you have sown over the years right now today with what is currently going on with your son. And he said, okay. And I said, put it to you this way. Would you have imagined when Kip was 12 or maybe even 15 years old that this is where things would be right now today? And he looked, no, no. I said, okay. He said, you, you, that probably wasn't even remotely on your mind, was it? And he said, no, no, it wasn't. And I said, yeah. And I said, I've, I've heard that many times. And um, I said, so it's one of those deals that I believe a whole series of mistakes were made um, that you are now reaping the consequences of that. I said, for instance, when I asked him about, you know, the living arrangement and without, you know, without a moment's hesitation, he says that I choose to live here with, you know, my parents, because in other words, the attitude, it was like he was oblivious of you guys. It was as though everything I choose, I choose to do this. It was like, you're in a complete open door policy. You're a rug to be walked across. There's not even a fucking consideration. Mom, dad, hey, I would like to do this. Is that acceptable? You know, I realize I'm 33 years old, but blah, 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 blah. Nope, none of that. Hey, guess what, mom, dad? I'm coming back home or whenever this, whenever this, you know, this thing happened the way it happened. So we're, we're talking an attitude from Kip of that is shows all the telltale signs of a disconnect with reality that um, much like a, a 12 or 15 year old views a refrigerator, at least in America, a refrigerator is just this box that you just reach into the box and there's just food there. <laughs> there's just food there and it's good food and you just grab what you want and it uh, more or less magically refills itself because you don't do that either. You reach for the milk, there's, there's usually always milk, always bread, jelly, jam, you know, lunch meats, whatever. It's just there. It's just automatic. Shit. You might even call it magical. And that's where I mean by this, this thing of which ties into, again, a form of magical thinking. And so, you know, there's... There's not even any kind of uh, adult consideration that, hey, okay, we raised you, we've done our thing. Now it's, you know, supposed to be your life away from us. 
hell, maybe even you're supposed to have a wife and have start a family by now. You know, we did our job. We did our thing. Now we want to, with our remaining time, we want to have our fun. We want to, we don't want to, you know, raised you once, sure as hell don't want to raise you twice. But that apparently was not even in Kip's mind at all. And we're talking about a guy, we're not even talking the usual, besides the economics that I mentioned earlier, we're not talking again a guy that's stupid, or at least not supposed to be stupid, um, earned a master's degree, and then is sitting on it? Because he doesn't feel the time is right? Well, here's the thing. And I've been, I've seen this many times, oftentimes. The time is never right. There's a new term that I can share with you. Believe it or not, <clears throat> they're called, there used to be, you know, the old term gold diggers. Most of us know what gold diggers are. But now there's another term here. And it's called grave diggers. And what are grave diggers, you might ask? I'm going to tell you. This is when a son or daughter, or perhaps both, that they either live in the house of their parents, uh, either one or the other, sometimes both, depending, and or... Uh, the, but they live either in the house or very, very close to the house. They do as far as work or college or any of the things that the parents had to do and worked really hard and spent a lot of their you know time and such to accomplish in life. All they do is are basically doing with a bunch of excuses. All they're doing, though, is waiting and they don't necessarily care how long they have to wait, you know, but it's just like, um, you know, crows or buzzards circling kind of thing, or maybe they're just sitting there watching when an animal or something is, is nearing the end in the desert or wherever it may be. And then when it finally, you know, kicks out, kicks off, dies, and they swoop in, and it's payday. And the term is grave diggers. Because they are so unprincipled, uncaring. They are so sloven. They are so <sighs> without character, without anything that they feel you know that they're they're the again this this entitlement thing that uh yeah they're just waiting for one or more or both of the you know the parents to croak and then they just swoop in and and get all the all the stuff they get the house the property what whatever they have and then in addition to that it's not just that they may get it to, it's not to like live there or something. Typically, they get the stuff and they'll sell it all, including the house. They sell everything 
and depending on the arrangement, uh, get their pile of money. And then again, depending on the arrangement, if there's no will or, or whatnot, or maybe there's an agreement or who knows, they just, you know, stack of money. And then one way or the other, you know, money gets all divided up. And then like little children for a while, depending on how stupid they are, uh, yeah, for a while, uh, they're perfectly happy and content. And within six months, a year, maybe two years, again, depending on how much money there was, uh, they're totally flat, flat broke and have nothing. And then if, if you had, say, one of the siblings who was normal and didn't blow all their money and has a house or used that money to put a down payment to get a house compared to the other uh, idiot siblings or whatever you may call them, the gold diggers or what have you. And then oftentimes, so they've gone, they've, they've blown all their money and then they want to come back to the sibling and whine and bitch and cry and tell them this thing and that thing and the other thing and either why uh, they should give them more money or have one or more of them live in their house. And uh, the sad thing is, is that um, this is this is quite common. And um, so I wanted to. I wanted to share this, and I know this is a long broadcast. I hope, well, I did tell you to relax. <laughs> but I wanted to share this because, um, you know, I told I told him, uh, Bob, that, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that needed to change, and in very short order, um, yeah, his son is given an X amount of time. Um, I don't know, three months, six months or something, but these things are absolute ironclad and definite. Um, no, you're not living with us. Uh, you have a master's degree in education. Get a job and get a job ASAP. And we're not also, then you're going to take over all the responsibilities of payments of the insurance or anything for the car. Basically, get a life. And, you know, I, I that was what I told him. I, I said, uh, you know, you are suffering the consequences of uh, having, living with, being with adult children. And uh, without without talking to the wife, uh, you know, I, I was I, I was basically at least what Bob told me was that, yeah, he understood my point and that he was on he was on my side with this. But there are two parents, and he said, you know, he, he more or less, on this sticking point, he more or less agreed with his wife on this, but not totally because the whole thing was about the relationship. And other than this issue, which, by the way, is a pretty damn big issue, if you ask me, but other than this issue... Their relationship was fine. They had a sh loving, 
caring, sharing, bonding, you know, embracing relationship. And she, you know, didn't she didn't want anything to do to estrange her children from her uh, for fear that for, you know, just to say it plainly for fear that they would just she would just really insult them and piss them off and they would get angry and bitter at her and just leave her and never speak to her again because she they were best frenzies and best buds and this and the other. How dare she lay down this ultimatum? I thought we were friends and da, 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 on and on and on. And you see, that in and of itself is, yet again, another manipulation. This is the reason why I told him, this is amongst other things, that I said, this is the number one reason why you, you should not um, aspire to be friends with your children. That is a dynamic that simply should not exist. Ever. You could love your children, but you're the parent. I don't care from 18 to 80, you know, you're the parent. And out of necessity, you know, just like when they were little kidsies and they wanted a puppy and then they want five puppies and then they want you you have to be the parent and you somebody has to be the parent and you have to say no you're not having five puppies johnny i might get you one you're not having five you know you're dealing with children well now you're dealing with adult children because they didn't transition from that because you didn't allow them because you were too busy at the transition point trying to be their friend as opposed to being their parent. And this is what happens. This is the kind of thing that happens out of the desire, the misguided desire of needing or feeling absolutely needing to be besties, best friends with your children. The only thing you can ever be with your children is their parent. And that is a different parameter entirely. Because I guarantee you, if Bob and his wife, all these years back, had they put a great deal more emphasis with Kip on being parents, as opposed to transitioning to parents and then best friends. I bet you Kip wouldn't be 33 years old and living in their fucking basement. And that is where that part of the story ends. And now just a little quick thing that I told you about the bet. I am not a wagering person, but he did bet me. I, he said, well, you've, you've got this podcast and you've got all these listeners. And, and he said, uh, why don't you have them vote? I said, you know what? I said, I tell you what, I'm going to put that on the air 
And I'm going to ask them to ask everyone to just keep multiplying and ask. I said, if I could get a thousand people, I said, if I had to be willing to bet you a dollar to a donut, <laughs> I said, get even a thousand people, 5,000, 10,000, whatever the hell happens out of this. I said, I would be willing to bet you that the overwhelming whelming majority of folks listening to this would agree with where I'm coming from. They would agree that you need to be parents first and foremost. And that despite all the love, sharing, caring, and bonding and whatnot, Kip needs a life. Kip needs to start acting like a 33-year-old man with a master's degree. They would not have this situation in their home. I'm talking about under the circumstances, as I described them, trying to make compare apples to apples as best we can. I said I'd be willing to bet that um, that would be the case, that they would be agreeing with me on this. And he said, sure, fine, put it out there. And so here I am. I'm putting it out there. Please drop a line. Let me know. I'm going to tally everything up. That, And, of course, this includes... The aforementioned, you'll be entering into the contest as well. So don't forget that. Um, so, yeah, um, that's that's it for this story. And uh, let's see. Um, on Monday, I'm going to tell you some, some things that I believe you really need to know and hear about NPR slash OPB. Because um, there's a there's some really interesting stuff going on there. Um, so this has been a, I know this has been a long broadcast. Of course, thank you for listening. And I am going to do two things. I am going to say um, what I always say, which is I hope you had a great day today. And I hope you have, I hope we have an even better day tomorrow. And having said that, since it's Friday, it's time for a song for you. And How about Super Tramp Take the Long Way Home? <laughs> <laughs>